What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Weekly Walk-Off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, we are in the middle of one of the best playoff races in both the American and the National League in recent memory. I mean, the American League, we've got multiple teams in there, five teams really within three and a half games. The Cardinals are back from the dead in the <laughs> National know. League, which is just oh shocking my in my book. And of course, we know about the race uh, with the with the Reds and the Padres and the Phillies, and if you want to call the Mets in there as well. Uh, this is it's the division races have definitely left a little bit lacking this mm-hmm. year, but I think what we're seeing from the wild card is is absolutely fantastic as we get towards the end. I actually think it more than makes up for it. I had I forgotten too. that all the other divisions are have been pretty much set since, what, July, June even, in the Centrals, really. But it's just a crazy point. I was on the Burster Bubble podcast, Kyler and Josh, who are also a part of Blue Wire Hustle, a couple of weeks ago. And Kyler had mentioned the Phillies and the Cardinals as some mm-hmm. potential NL wildcard teams. And I laughed at him yeah. mentioning the Cardinals. And I... The- the weirdest thing is that the Cardinals haven't done anything particularly special. Nope. It's that there's so many peaks and valleys for everybody else. It's just wild. Now, listen, I on our uh, grading the trades episode, I laughed at them for their deadline additions because it was what was the point in adding Jay Happ and John Lester? And you know what? They've actually helped stabilize some of their pitching. But no, what the, what the Cardinals have done is Paul Goldschmidt became Paul Goldschmidt again mm-hmm. in the second half, which has been huge. They play phenomenal defense. Adam Wainwright has been great for them and as you said just there's been a lot of regression around the national league and it's allowed them to put themselves in it where they have a spot or have a chance to grab a spot in the playoffs can you imagine in two weeks if we have to watch jay hap start a wild card game uh, please <laughs> against no. <the> dodgers <laughs> please no don't don't that put would any be of us something. through that <laughs> that would be something but that the national card race is for another time mm-hmm. i think you could argue that they are maybe both they're just as competitive, but I think the race in the AL has more talent. And that's Oh, I do. Yeah. That's totally what we're going to talk about today. You've got five teams. The Toronto Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Mariners, and the Oakland A's that are all within five game uh, excuse me, three games of each other. Five teams, three games. We're recording this on Wednesday night. By the time this drops on Friday, Don't be surprised if everything is completely jumbled up, because that's basically the way it's been for the past two weeks. Red Sox, uh, Mariners are still going on as we record. It's been a frustrating game, as (laughs) I can personally attest to. But I I just want to start with this, because Mm -hmm. my biggest point is the schedule, and I know we have to talk about that. Same here. It's just so interesting, because you have the the polar opposites happening for the White Sox, the Brewers the Giants and the Dodgers, they have Mm -hmm. the luxury where they can prepare for the playoffs because they are blowing out the rest of their division. They can line up their pitchers so that they have ideal Mm matchups. These five teams in the American League have no such luxury. And to take it even a step farther, I actually think all of them besides Toronto right now, and there are still about 15 games left in the season, all these teams are limping into the playoffs. They're just hoping they're going to catch fire. The Red Sox, the majority of their roster have been in an 0 for 10 stretch. Mm-hmm. The Yankees pitchers are completely 
um, unpredictable. The Mariners are still a weird team. Oakland's bullpen <laughs> has been terrible. Everybody besides Toronto has really just been a mess. It's called into question whether any of these teams actually deserve to be in, a, in the playoffs. But that was really yeah. just what stuck out to me is just the difference between the teams that could prepare and the fact that this, this race might come down to a tie. There is no sort of preparing at all. No, you're, you're so right. None of these teams can prepare. And, and to your point, only Toronto is the one that's playing their best baseball of the season right now. Everyone else, as you, com- you completely nailed, is just not playing very well and it is incredibly inconsistent. And I think that's got to be really scary because, you know, all it really does is it takes one of these teams to go on some sort of a streak here. And they I think they're going to be able to pull away just because there's so much mediocrity with those other teams right now. Yeah, and I actually think you could argue that the Mariners are in one of their best stretches of the season. That's fair. Yeah, but again, (laughs) they're just a weird team, period. Part of me thinks that for a team like the Red Sox and and even the Yankees that have been so bad for 20-plus games at this point, you almost let that fester a little bit and then you get hot at the right time. But there's there's so little wiggle room that it's not like you can take a chance. At some point, these guys have to get hot. Baseball is a game of runs. That's one of my favorite things ever. It is a game of runs in terms of you're going to get hot and you're going to get cold. But there's so little room to mess around because otherwise, if you're hot for two more games, all of a sudden, the Jays have won 16 of last 18. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so crazy. It turns on a dime, it seems like, in the AL. Yeah, it certainly does. And to your point, kind of from the start, I think a lot of that is going to depend on scheduling. And there certainly is kind of a a mixed bag for all of these teams on on who's got the the harder schedules and who's got the easier one. And if we're looking at one of those teams right now, the Boston Red Sox have the easiest schedule in Major League Baseball remaining Mm -hmm. based, based on win percentage. They have six against the Orioles, three against the Nationals, two against the Mets. They just have to finish up with Seattle here today and then a a three-game set with the Yankees as well but you you know you talk about going on runs you have to you must take advantage of when you play these lesser teams and nine games for the Red Sox in the final two weeks against Baltimore and DC is it (laughs) I feel like seven is the minimum for amount of wins that is acceptable it's probably more like eight for for Boston I know, and they're at the part of the season where they're just not handling pressure mm-hmm. well at all. I think it's worth almost going into the schedule of every single team. Oh, I do, do you, too. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore, we've mentioned it before, when you have Baltimore on the schedule, it is a, a grace in disguise, basically. Um, three of those are at home for Boston, and three are on the road. I don't think it particularly matters, matters because it's still the Orioles. The Mets give me a little bit of concern because I still don't think... I appreciate that. <laughs> I said that for you. <laughs> I still think they have the pitching if you get a Stroman matchup, if you get Taiwan Walker on a good day. They mm-hmm. could still cause a little bit of concern. Yeah, they're, they're not... That's why I didn't loop them in with the, the Orioles and the Nats because yeah. while those are complete pushovers at this point in the season and while the Mets are most certainly not all put together, uh, they, they can cause some trouble for teams. Yeah, and the other thing that's so crazy about this race is almost every team has at minimum three games against another team competing mm-hmm. for a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, which you see, great. Oakland and Seattle have seven games against each seven. other, seven, and then Oakland has six games against Houston. Oakland has a really tough schedule. Can we shift to them? Because yeah. 
They have 14 games straight, too, and the Yankees are coming off of a brutal 20-game stretch, I believe. But Oakland, it's really been since Chris Bassett got hurt, which Mm -hmm. was a horrible moment. Yeah, it was awful. It's almost less on the starting pitchers, though, than it is on the bullpen. That bullpen just absolutely imploded, and now the offense just can't keep up. No, and you're asking them to go up against... One of the, I would say Toronto's the best offense in the American League, but is Houston number two? I don't don't think it's out of this world to say that. So six games against that Houston offense. And even the easier part of their schedule playing the Angels, the Angels can hit. While they can't pitch, they can certainly hit a little bit. So Mm -hmm. to your point there with Oakland pitching, I think that's very, very concerning. And then what's going to be really fun, though, as you pointed out, is that they've got seven against Seattle, which again, that's just for this, this race, that is great to put them against each other. That's absolutely what it's going to come down to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the Yankees finish up against the Rays, and then they've got Toronto right before that. These games, we might not need a 163rd game because... I don't think we will, but I'll in, get into that later. Yeah, these in-season matchups are going to mm-hmm. decide it. And then, yeah, to finish on the Yankees, they've got Cleveland, Texas, Boston, Toronto, and the Rays. I personally think that's the hardest because Toronto's got some twins action in, in there, which is a gimme. Cleveland is a terrible offense. I think the Yankees can win that series, but they've got some good pitching. Texas is obviously an easy one. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, nine against Boston. Two with Baltimore as well. Uh, Yeah, that's the season, the uh, series that they're in right now, right? They've got one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. So when this drops, hopefully they'll have two more wins. And then it just gets much harder from there. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially the Rays always give the Yankees trouble. Toronto just had that that crazy series, a four-game series against the Yankees where they swept them a week ago. You know, we just talked about what Boston's in for. You talk about with Baltimore, Texas, Cleveland, they have to take advantage of those series because otherwise it, it feels like they're just going to try and beat up on each other with those American League East series. And I'm not betting against Toronto right now, and the Rays historically give the Yankees a lot of trouble. Yeah, especially... Uh, those ones are actually at home. If those games are against the Trop, I would put money on the Yankees being swept <laughs> on that series. The Yankees are terrible at the Trop. It's so weird. They had a 14 nothing loss there, I believe, yeah, uh, earlier man. in the season. It's, a, it's just a weird place for them. But the Rays are not exactly on a on good fire. foot right nope. now. Yeah, no. I mean, Toronto just took two of three, if not three of four for them, with Robbie Ray's win on Wednesday. I can't... I think two of three, because they shut them out. They won 8-0. I think they lost game two, and then they won game three today, which was Wednesday. Hey, no no one is stopping Toronto right I now. Know. I know. I have some numbers for that, too. All right, let's I, hear it. I, I think let's you'll, you'll enjoy this. So first off, what I can even say, I don't even have to hold out on it. The Blue Jays are going to take one of those wildcard spots. I, I firmly believe it. They are on such a tear right now. Just to give you some perspective for where they are, in 17 games in September, that as a team, they are hitting 312. As a team, they are hitting 312 with 43 home runs, a 979 OPS. No team in modern history has ever batted or has ever hit 36 home runs over any 13-game <laughs> stretch like the Blue Jays have. It, you want it, it? No, go ahead. Finish your point. No, then. it's just to they the stretch that they are on right now if you use MLB's expected win loss for for their record, they're supposed to be ninety and fifty six. While they're currently sitting at eighty two and sixty four, mm-hmm. so it feels like they've also come into a little bit of bad luck. The Toronto Blue Jays have hit their stride, 
at the best time of the season. The pitching is there. They are scary if they do get into the postseason with some of the, the starters that they can line up there with Robbie, Le- Robbie Ray and Alec Manoa and Jose Bur- Burrios. Toronto's going to make the postseason is who gets that other spot is how I look at it. Yeah, I firmly agree. And what I was going to say, those numbers in September, what made them even more extraordinary to me in August the Blue Jays had a 740 OPS with mm-hmm. 39 homers across the entire month of August. Yep. And they've already done better than that in 18 games in September. No, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. At the end of August, so August 27th, the Blue Jays yes. were nine and a half games behind the Yankees for the first wild card spot and six and a half behind the Red Sox for the second. It's August 27th. That's two weeks ago. Yeah. And look where they are now. 15 and 3 since I believe. I believe that is correct. Yeah, it's it's absolutely absurd. I've said that word a lot lately, but it really is to see a team go on that type of tear. And what's really impressed me is you've had the stars all season long. You've had mm-hmm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stir up a lot of beef on Twitter about whether he should win the AL MVP. Yes. The fact that that's even happening is extraordinary because again, Shohei Otani is a runaway for MVP. Mm-hmm. You've you've got Marcus Semien having an extraordinary year. Robbie Ray, yep. I think, just set the franchise record for most starts with 13-plus strikeouts. He's insane. They got Jose Barrios. But now you've got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm-hmm. hitting four grand slams in one season. And you've got Teoscar Hernandez having the most power that he's ever had in his career. And you've got Alec Manoa throwing eight scoreless innings. And you've got Jordan Romano in the pen. And Merriweather's putting it together. They brought Brad Hand over. They designated him for assignment. Yep. And they've been better since. The Blue Jays had this plan and they've had to tweak things. And it just seems like every single decision they make is the right one because all of their players are overperforming. And And that happens so infrequently. I'm so happy you went there because I have this waiting to say when you talk about players performing, overperforming and and everything they're doing right. You know, Alejandro Kirk has a (laughs) 129 OPS plus. It's absurd. 29% better than league average from Alejandro Kirk. That is what this, this Blue Jays lineup is golden this year. It really is. I think that one just sums it up with it doesn't matter where you look in that lineup. They are getting unbelievable production up and down it. It really has been the pitching, and the pitching has stabilized the second half of the season. You know, Burrios has been good. He hasn't been great, but he's definitely helped step in. The Brad Hand move didn't work out, but the bullpen has still been better of late. Mm-hmm. Toronto is going to make the playoffs. I, I feel very, very strongly there, and they are just on it. And as I just said with the numbers, an unmatched stretch right now. I don't think I can say I feel very strongly. Because I do. The, they could also go 0 for 13, and I wouldn't be surprised just <laughs> on, based on how the AL is working. No, that's not that's obviously not going to happen. The, the last point on Alejandro Kirk, too— they don't even have room for him. No. How many times do you think he plays a week? Four max. So he's, he's only he's only been in fifty better? games. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so insane. You know what's crazy too? Hunter Ryu has not been good. Mm-hmm. He has not been the ace of this staff. I didn't even mention him when I was going through pitching. Yeah, and instead Robbie Ray is having an AL Cy Young season, yes. and Alec Manoa and Nate Pearson are the future. It's mm-hmm. truly. Charlie Montoya should be up there for manager of the year. 
I don't think uh, I don't think he'll win in the AL at least. But it's just it's insane that they have so many tools that they can go to. And to give these guys credit, Vlad had a down August. Everybody was yes. out on Vlad. He came back. Everybody was out on Marcus Semien. That's why he got this one year deal. Look how many teams that could have gone after Marcus Semien didn't. You could just go down the entire roster. It's insane. They did just enough to get themselves in the position where they could capitalize when everybody else is, as I said at the beginning, limping into the playoffs. No, I I think you nailed it. I just I I had to make sure we brought up Toronto specifically and kind of talked through some of those numbers because it is unbelievable what yeah. we've seen from them lately. It really is. Um, that's all I had on the Blue Jays. I had some cool numbers Same. about the Mariners. If we can go to them again, yeah. So. I'm going to paint this picture, and it's a pretty in-depth, comprehensive picture of what the league looked like back in April and May. Mm. The Seattle Mariners were no-hit twice in a 13-day span in May. Weren't they hitting under 200 yes. going into May? I that's believe exactly, as a team. That's, yeah. That was the team that you and I would talk yep. about and say that the entire Mariners team is under the Mendoza mm-hmm. line. Yep, Their yep. team average is sub-200. That's where we were. And now yep. the Mariners are a an opponent that opposing teams don't want to face, genuinely. This is now, a tough series between the Red Sox and the Mariners. And I feel bad because I do not think that they're going to be able to push for the playoffs here. I just I think of what Toronto is doing. I think of the seven they have to play with Oakland still. Six against Anaheim is not is not the easiest either, and just thinking about what's around them. But what Seattle has done to be three and a half games out of a play or three games out, excuse me, of a playoff spot on September fifteenth, when they were a laughing stock in April, as we talk about, just I I we've we've said it before, but I do want to reiterate it. This should be one of the stories of the season, what yeah. Seattle has done. It absolutely should. And I don't think any team has epitomized rebounding from the 2020 season more than the Mariners have. Mm -hmm. Because almost every single Seattle reliever has more than doubled their pitch count, their innings pitched count from 2020. I found that from The Athletic, which I thought was an astounding number. These guys are just pulling innings out of nowhere. And all teams have had to deal with that. We knew that was going to be an issue. That's Mm -hmm. why there have been so many soft tissue injuries this year because it went from 0 to 100 in a 60-game season to a 162-game season. But these Seattle relievers continue to go out there and pitch when it matters. And then on the flip side, this offense that was below 200, the Mariners are 31-18 and 18 in one-run games this season. That's, so That's one of my favorite stats of the entire season of baseball. 31-18. Mm-hmm. It's almost as good as how good the Rockies are in extra innings. It's just these, <laughs> these weird stats that you think on their own might be lucky. or the While the Blue Jays are the run differential darling of baseball, the Mariners have kind of always been on the flip side of that. But to be that good in one-run games means your offense is incredibly clutch mm-hmm. and your bullpen can lock it down when it matters most. And after, I don't, of course, you and I both can't stay up late enough to watch the Mariners no. play a lot. So I really hadn't watched a lot of them throughout the season because I also just thought at some point their steam would go out. And oh, it yeah, hasn't. So <laughs> no, no, you're so right. And 
I love how you went there with the one-run games and being clutch, because that's exactly what it is, because this is not a, a high-octane high octane offense mm-hmm. by any point. Even just looking at September, they are right at league average for as a team as, as weighted runs created, plus at 98, so obviously right around 100. What they do really well is they walk. They're in the top five in September and walk percentage, which I think is really key. And then if you want to go towards Seattle relievers, it's a guy I've mentioned before because he's a former Met, and this just blows my mind for the season he's had. But Paul Seawald, mm-hmm. I mean, 14.9 strikeouts per nine innings. 14.9 from a guy— Is that the best in the league? Sorry it, to interrupt you. It's got to be. I actually don't think it is. I think wow. it's—yeah, I think he's he's in the top three, I believe, but I don't think it's the top, and I don't have the, the direct number um, in front right of me. I'm going to now because that's yeah. just absurd. It's, it's got to be right there. Uh, but just the season that he's put together, <laughs> I think that epitomizes Seattle relievers more than anyone else. A complete cast off for the last couple years comes over to Seattle and just dominates this year. And it's just, it's so impressive. And how many times have we talked about the Giants as catching yep. lightning in a bottle this year and look how bright their future is? <laughs> Kyle Lewis hasn't played for the majority of the season, the reigning AL rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Jared Kelnick has not been good. Logan Gilbert has, hasn't has even reached his potential. We still haven't seen Julio Rodriguez. We've seen Julio only Rodriguez, glimpses exactly. of, um, is it Trammell, right? Is Taylor? Uh, Tyler uh, Trammell? Yes. There's so many. They're doing it with the J.P. Crawfords and the Mitch Hanegers and the Ty Francis. I 100% would agree with you. This deserves all of the headlines and all of the the credit because this this run that the Mariners have put together plus at the deadline when they uh traded Kendall Graveman and everyone Mm -hmm. was like what are you doing Abraham Toro has been incredible for them it just it's another thing where everything just went in their favor and they're still in this thing no, you're totally right. And just so I clarify, because I said yes to your Taylor or Tyler, <laughs> it's Taylor yes. Trammell. <laughs> Taylor Trammell. <laughs> Thank you. But no, you are, you are, you're completely right. They, they've been a really fun story. They've got a bright future. I can't wait to watch Julio Rodriguez uh, once he gets to that outfield and add him with Kellenic, who I think, you know, had his seasoning this year. And we'll see how he goes next year yeah. with hopefully a full season up. Uh, Seattle's a fun team to watch. We, we know they like to retool things with Jerry Depoto out there. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if things move around a little bit this winter as well. But, you know, what what a season for them. I just I think circumstances around them is going to stop them from getting a playoff spot. But just the fact that they are here this late and so close is a huge, huge step forward. Yeah, and when you talk about young talent, I think you automatically go to Toronto. Yeah. But when you think about the the foundation that a lot of these teams have, Toronto's not going anywhere. The Mariners aren't going anywhere. The Rays aren't going anywhere. Even then, the even the Yankees and the Red Sox, even if they have poor seasons, it's not like they lose a foundation. Oakland's always there, right around the hundred range mark. I can see mm-hmm. this wild card race continuing like this for years. Yeah. And no, then of th- course you've got Chicago and Astros, and who knows what their future is going to look like. But it's just the talent in the AL is insane. And I don't even think it's as good as the National League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild what we've got right now in baseball. So uh, this is it's just great for the sport. Yeah, you got any other little things that you wanted to focus on? Not, not really. I mean, we we haven't touched on the Yankees too much. Oh yeah. So I I guess if we get down to how we think this thing is actually going to play out, mm-hmm. I think Toronto's one, and then I just think I know that they're struggling right now. 
But with that schedule that we went through, I think Boston is going to be able to find a way to grab that second spot. I love I, that, Pat. I, I just, I do, I I know they haven't been great lately. And I, and I totally get that, and I understand it. But I look at Boston, and I look at that lineup, and I say, if they can just pr- not even perform to what they're supposed to, because they've been struggling with that lately, if they're just around where they're supposed to be, they're still in the top 10 in offensive war for, for September. And they're not playing well. So <laughs> they're right there. So I look at this, and then I see the opponents that they're going up against, which is just as bad as it gets right now in baseball, which is true in, in Baltimore and the, and the post-trade deadline nationals. I think they've got enough. You know, I've seen it with the Yankees. There are so many up and downs with this Yankees team. I, it's, I don't think that they're going to have enough firepower to, to get this thing done. Jamison Tyone just went down, which I think was a real backbreaker for them because he's been pitching so much better. It, Boston grabs the second spot and Toronto takes the first one for me. Yeah, I, I really think it's going to come down to the Yankees and the Red Sox too. Mm-hmm. And we thought that was going to be for the top spot or just the wild card period. Yeah. I, I agree. I think Toronto is in it. It would be a damn shame if the wild card game was in Toronto. I'm sorry. But it really would be because I was planning on dropping a whole lot of money to go to Fenway. <laughs> to go just, to make, the just make the drive game. up to Toronto, right? Canada <laughs> seems like a little bit of a different beast. But of course, the other thing that Toronto deserves a lot of credit for is their absolute mess of a season. They were in Dunedin. They were in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Now they're mm-hmm. finally back. That doesn't get talked about enough, too. Nope. So that would actually be great for them if they were able to celebrate their crazy season with a, a home game for a wild card. Um, I agree with you. I think the Red Sox offense will always be fine. Lately, they've been in a lot more slumps than yeah. is expected or is usual. What really concerns me is their defense. Mm-hmm. Pat, their defense is bad, bad. Yeah unwatchable bad and honestly new york's is kind of the same yeah the 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 fact they're just shifting exactly just like just now like you waited until there's two weeks left in the season to realize that glaber torres is a very below average shortstop and now you're gonna try and make that move oof that's that's tough (laughs) yeah it's a really weird situation there because Urshela has also had a down year defensively, mm-hmm. which I don't think anybody expected. No. He's not a whiz at shortstop. You've got Rizzo and LeMahieu at the corners, which is really, really good. But then you're losing at bats for Voight. There's, I think, honestly, what they did at the deadline has pushed them back a little bit because Rizzo hasn't lived up and Voight has, but you need Rizzo's defense at first and you need Stanton's bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So then you're just left with this horrible conundrum and that Luke Voigt's playing time is being diminished when he's yep. actually the best hitter on that team right now. And Anthony Rizzo has been below average since he came over to New York. That's kind of how I think. I used to think that the New York offense, I guess I still think this, New York offense when hot is one of the most formidable opponents in the league. I, I truly do believe that. And especially if Garrett Cole's hot, that's a really tough one-game opponent. I think the Red Sox have less flaws than the Yankees do right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I like that. And you want to talk about defense specifically. The Yankees are 26th in baseball this year with negative 36 defensive run save. The Red Sox are there at 21st at negative 6. So yeah. obviously not as bad as the Yankees at negative 36. And I think a lot of that is just that outfield. Aaron Judge is a, a great defender out in the corner. But losing Aaron Hicks, while he, offensively he's very hit or miss he he at least plays a very nice outfield you know Brett Gardner and Carlos Stanton out there it's it's not 
the best out defensive outfield you'll ever see. Um, so I, I think that hampers them as well. I like your point on, I think the Red Sox most certainly have flaws, but I just, I trust them more than I trust this Yankee team right now. Yeah. And I can't even believe Aaron Hicks was the starting center fielder on opening day. That feels like eons I ago. I, know. I completely forgot about him. And you could honestly, well, I'll get into that in a second. The thing about defensive runs, um, it's actually worse for the Red Sox because they were a solid defensive team at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. It's only recently that the wheels have just fallen off. So the fact that they're only 21st is actually kind of a miracle <laughs> because it's, all of those have happened in this second part of the season. What I was going to say, too, is that I think you could argue that Kyle Schwarber's bat was one of the best uh, midseason acquisitions that anybody made. Mm-hmm. But it also puts Alex Cora in a horrible position. Very awkward. When he has to put him in at, in the field, and that makes the Red Sox an objectively worst, a worse defense. And it happens time and time again. There is nothing more frustrating than watching a team that's bad on defense in the major leagues. And it's lazy plays, and it's plays that are being overthrown, and they're Raphael Devers just didn't go down to try and block a ball today. It's so frustrating. But Schorber needs to be in the lineup. J.D. Martinez can't play left field. Bobby Dahlbeck has to be in the lineup. I am not envious of Alex Cora. I'm not envious of the decisions he has to make. And then luckily, the other thing is that I think Boston has better bench depth than the Yankees do. Mm -hmm. Travis Shaw, I actually think, can be a legitimate contributor in the postseason. Even a guy like Jonathan Arauz, the Red Sox are still dealing with COVID issues. Let's take that into account, too. A lot of this has happened while they've dealt with a horrible COVID problem. There's just a lot of variables. The Yankees haven't had that, and they've still been bad. The The Red Sox can at least look back to the beginning of the season where everything was going right and just hope it can go back to that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think those are some great spots. Do you give Oakland any chance of being able to grab that spot, or do you think it's down to Toronto, Boston, New York for the three? Or for yeah, the two, excuse me. I honestly think the Mariners might finish ahead of Oakland in the Ooh, wild card I think race. they might too, actually. Yeah. O- I, Oakland's reeling right now. Especially with all those, all those matchups against Houston, which Oakland sometimes actually plays really well against Houston, which is really weird. But I never thought their offense could keep up. It's the one-man show with Matt Olsen, and now actually you've got Starling Marte. But their they're pitching staff, front to bottom, from Chris Bassett to the last reliever in the pen, I never think measured up to anybody else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I really do leave it down to the three American League East teams and two spots coming yeah. out of it. Yeah, wouldn't have four teams in the AL East, you could literally argue, are four of the top six teams in the American League behind the White Sox and the Astros. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? I think you can definitely make that argument. So then my last question to you is, no matter who wins the wild card, do they have any chance against almost what will certainly be the the Tampa Bay race? I do not want to play the Toronto Blue Jays right now. Even if you're the Rays. I, no, I don't think the Rays want any part of Toronto. I Listen, I still think the Rays are, are going to be your favorite going into it, but if you have to play the Blue Jays, <laughs> it is not a... Uh, y- you drew a, a very poor stick there because that is not a team I want any part of come October. I always say that, and then the Rays always win. It's what they do, right? So I think this year I'm going to back the Rays, and of course this will be the year that I'm wrong, but it's just... it's hard... It's hard to see Kevin Cash not putting out a lineup and pitchers one after one that just stump opposing batters because that's what seems to happen year after year. 
Stable, th- stable, full of guys that throw 100 miles an hour. Yeah. That was the Kevin Cash quote. And it's what we see every year. It's really insane. So I'm going to go. I think it's also going to be Toronto, Boston. And I think it's going to. Well, I yep. hope it's in. I hope it's at Fenway. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it probably will be in Toronto. But that's going to be a really Toronto. good game. Uh, do you put Robbie Ray out there? It depend. I don't even know if Toronto's going to be able to, because to your yeah, point with again. with being able to uh, to line things up, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to do that. So I I, I think it's just going to depend on these teams are going to have to fight it out to the end. Yeah, if they get there and they can line it up, absolutely go Robbie Ray. But I don't know if they're going to have the luxury to do that. Who would have thought that Robbie Ray <laughs> again would be in this position? The one year, eight million dollar contract that he signed, arguably the best offseason signing, and then the Red Sox have an interesting choice too between chris sale and nathan avaldi yeah no de- definitely first off, i'm excited you went with toronto here because i know you you were down on them for a good portion of the year so i'm proud to, to have you come over to the to the light side here yeah you've always been there i thought i thought they didn't have the pitching this offense no, has always been electric but if robbie ray wasn't as good as he's been and if the back half of matt's manoa and pearson at times hasn't mm-hmm. been rock solid i don't think they would have been here as no, good as that either. offense is I think they needed that pitching to come through. And hey, I, I I was down on the Red Sox. I didn't think they were getting to the postseason at the beginning yeah. of the year. So it's uh it's funny how things swap throughout the season. And I sure as hell didn't think the Seattle Mariners would be sitting three games out <laughs> know, on September fifteenth. Right? So just <laughs> we, it, this we met in the year. middle. Yeah, yeah it really has been. It really has been. All these teams have this exceptional storyline that has mm-hmm. brought them where they are. All the all the signs are pointing in the wrong direction for Boston and Seattle. Toronto didn't seem to have the pitching there a couple of years out. but it's, and, and the other crazy thing, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, it doesn't seem like we've seen full-strength Toronto yet. Because I, yeah. George Springer needs to be a mainstay at the top of that lineup, and it always seems like he's dealing with some sort of ailment that prevents him from being 100%. Mm-hmm. I think we've just started to really see it over the last couple games, but no, I still want Springer to play more of a role in what they do. Um, yeah. And shocking when it's just starting to come together and yeah. putting up more points than a lot of football teams did on Sunday. <laughs> but a lot of football teams is what Toronto did. Uh, Man. Yeah, it's, it, it's awesome. And to your point about the story, story's not done yet, too. We yeah. still got two weeks left in this season. So, you know, th- this is awesome. This is exactly what we would want as a baseball fan. And it's perfect for us for recording-wise, too, because it gives us some fun stuff to talk about. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be seriously the best finish to a season that I can remember. I am so excited. Yeah, this is going to be great. But all right, that will do it for us here then on the Did You Hear podcast weekly walk-off American League wildcard edition. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a rating as well as that really helps us out. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod. We're bat flipping into the weekend. And Emma, that's a wrap.